0: Welcome to me, Alex and love brought to you by Levette, a members only dating community for South software singles. Today we're going to explore the question of how does technology impact dating all the way from when it started with like match and eHarmony and the algorithms that were supposedly going to match us with our soulmates. To the swiping apps like Tinder and hinge and bumble all the way through to like what's going to happen in the future, will there be AI matchmakers. And my guest for this conversation is Scott Simmons, who has, he's been on the podcast before. He's one of my favorite people to talk about dating with, because as well as being, you know, an intentional and conscious dater and just like a total dating geek like me, his background is really in like technology. He's like polymath introvert, uh, who's really his work and his, his sort of like intellectual disciplines have been in that tech sector. So I hope you enjoy this exploration as we kind of uh, explore how technology impacts dating and where it's going to go in the future. Scott, welcome back to me, Alex and love. Thanks for for doing a little a part two with me Um, for the listeners. To give a little context, Scott and I were WhatsApping back and forth. You know, we're both very geeky about the science of dating and the science of love and how technology intersects. And we we were sharing messages back and forth like really reflecting on where technology is going and, and really the implications for, for dating. And so we thought in this podcast, we'll explore a little bit about, you know, like how has technology impacted dating, you know, in the past and the present. And then like, you know, go on a little, little ticky tour and, and sort of imagine how could some of the developments happening now impact love in the future. So welcome back, Scott.
1: Thank you so much for having me back, Mia. It's always fun to chat with you about this it stuff. It
0: is. It really is. So let's, let's start with a really big question, which is, you know, we think of like technology impacting dating. Really, people think, well, it's Tinder, but I know it goes back a little bit earlier, right? So I'm curious, like, what do? What is your earliest understanding of where like technology, like computers, the internet, started impacting dating?
1: Wow. What a great question. I mean, for me, uh, 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 the f- the first thing I really used on the internet for dating was uh, like, okay, Cupid, yeah. um, which is, I think probably not, it probably goes back a bit further than that. I think people were like, you know, the listeners who are old enough will remember like AOL Instant Messenger <laughs> and like ways where you're just like connecting with like anyone on the internet um, to to talk with them and connect with them like human to human using this, you know, weird thing called the internet. Um, and I think you really can go back that far to say like, you know, any point that the internet lets someone connect to someone who they wouldn't normally bump into in their social circles, that's kind of the beginning of how the internet impacted dating I would argue I I I
0: agree I mean and I think this goes to like the heart of like how human beings behave how motivated we are around love and romance is that anyone who was single and whether it was like yeah I remember I mean gosh when I was a teenager we used IRC and we Mm -hmm. used um like you know all the MSN and I remember all the old school kind of Mm -hmm. messaging things and like I remember as a teenager even like people at our school if it was a boy I had a crush on you'd kind of try and connect with him on ICQ or IRC or MSA, like you try like connect virtually yeah. because there you could kind of like send messages that maybe you wouldn't be able to send in real life. And back in those days, texts were 20 20 cents a text, right? So you you ain't sending <laughs> like blowing up their phone. And like, so even those, even though those weren't dating technologies per se, I think you're 100% right, like human behavior, and I want to connect and I want to meet somebody. Probably emerging all around the same time,
1: yeah. I mean, I think anyone who's old enough remembers being in a chat room and having someone type A slash S <laughs> slash L, which was how old are you? What's your sex and what's your location? Which is just a- kind of yeah, saying, a- like,
0: sex location ASL, ASL, yeah. So is there
1: fun. anybody here who I can flirt with who I can, you know, somehow feasibly connect with in real life? Like, that was kind of a... the it was
0: a lot of flirting. <clears throat> like, I-, I remember a lot of and just yeah. context, like, we used to call um, I remember. The, what was it? I think it was, uh, yeah, it was IRC. We call it multiplayer notepad because there's no pictures. There was no, like there were no visual stimuli. Like it's just people like literally text chatting with each other. And you know, I, it's funny cause I think this goes towards like, how did the current technology technologies get built? I think people started to feel a lot braver, like just being able to send a message and you could kind of like type something, press enter, then like hold your breath and see what happened. Right. So I think it allowed people to be a little bolder than they ever were in person. So I think in those kinds of starting points with these sort of texting systems, I think people like the kind of the modern dating where people are a little bit more bold or even reckless or let's say even cruel, I think kind of starts with that mm. kind of anonymity and that kind of, in some ways, unaccountability, actually. I think Here's that's right. Think I mean, that actually.
1: I, 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 honestly, oops, I honestly haven't thought about that Quite in those terms, but yeah, I mean, the internet. The, one of the problems with the internet is sort of the lack of accountability. It's, it's, you know, uh, um, it it is easy to be a, a worse version of yourself on the internet because your friends aren't there, your family isn't there, the people you love aren't there to sort of see you. And I think sometimes we do feel emboldened to do things that we might not normally do. And I think I love the positive spin on that is that sometimes that means you might say something kind to someone or reach out to someone in a way that you might not have the courage to do in, in a cafe or whatever. Uh, But sometimes it also does mean that, uh, you know, you can feed your, well, you know, do, do the wrong thing, be cruel um, in ways that it it doesn't take that many cruel people on the internet to really make it a dangerous place for a lot of people. And I think especially they're loud and active. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, So let's spin that out to like, I'm thinking now, you know, the, some of the most, maybe painful, uncomfortable parts about dating before, like the internet, were just how much risk was involved with asking somebody out, you know, Mm. like you would have to either go up to them and ask them out, or you'd have to phone call them and ask them out. Like there was a kind of a real sense of exposure in like letting somebody know that they like you or you like them. And I, I mean, I remember, I mean, yeah, as a kid, but even older, like forever, people have used friends to broker these relationships, because people didn't want to like do it themselves. So you kind of get your friend to sniff around and figure out like, Oh, so what do you think about so and so? Right? Like, we've been we've, Mm -hmm. we've been trying to minimize this risk forever. And so it's interesting, because you think, okay, that if that risk of exposure, the risk of rejection, the risk of having your feelings hurt has been such a painful part. Now imagine Tinder comes along, where you're only going to be connected with people who have expressed some kind of interest in you. Mm-hmm. So I think let's let's kind of jump ahead to these like oh no well, yeah, we can we can go back to eHarmony but like I, I do want to like what do you th- like apart from just like the risk management like what do you think it was about these swipe match systems that just had them take off?
1: Yeah. So for any listeners, I would recommend, I mean obviously this podcast is amazing me, Alex and Love. I would recommend another podcast that's out there right now that's doing something really interesting with this. The podcast is called Um Land of the Giants. Um, which is mostly a technology podcast. Uh, but this season, this season's called Dating Games. And they're just digging in on like the internet technology of dating apps. Um, and they really, they really answer that question in depth and directly. Like, what is it about basically the gamification of Tinder? And it really was Tinder uh, that sort of changed the landscape for dating. And I would say to kind of summarize, I think uh, what, what those awesome, journalists are saying um you know when you gamify the app when you make it really really easy to use when you make it sort of addictive to use when you make it so it's big candy colored buttons crunchy sounds make it really like like a video game type of of response system um you are making a system where people are encouraged to just do the swiping thing like do this with your thumb as much as possible and like i think you know uh it, it, just what we were talking about before, where where it is easier to reach out to someone online. It is easier to say, "Oh, I saw your picture. I think you're cute. Let's let's get a drink sometime. Um, it almost, I think, makes it too easy. Like I think to an extent,, um, you know, the 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 fact that it costs me a little bit of risk, the fact that like I'm showing you my level of interest by risking embarrassment a little bit, is, I think, a part of, romance. It's a part of pursuit. It's a part of signaling to someone, there's something about you that sparks something in me. And I need to express that to you in some way in that first moment, you know, and just doing this little swiping thing with your thumb, I think it doesn't do it, you know, so.
0: <laughs> and it has um, that feeling like we, everyone, anyone who's used those apps will know, like, you know, when someone matches with you or swipes on you, that it doesn't really mean anything. You know, like, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, they like looked at my picture for 2.7 seconds and went like, oh, okay. Like that's what that's that's how much they like me, and so you know it doesn't create this feeling. Like I think maybe originally it was meant to create a feeling of like oh so like I match with someone who likes me, but we it just doesn't feel that way anymore. Because I love what you're you're sharing, which was like there was this this high barrier to entry, which was like first of all you're right, like you'd have to make some risk, and you would only do that if you had made an assessment that there was a chance it would succeed. Most of the people on on Tinder are not like women and men, are not really making an assessment of, is there anything special here Would this person want to hang out with me? They're just firing off as many possibilities into the ether. And so, you know, it's like what it, the baseline of feeling like there was something special that could bloom or that, like that, that feeling that I think people are yearning for and missing from dating, I think was devastated by that kind of the swiping functionality for sure. So people, are, I think people are, like most of the singles I've, I speak to, and they say that the magic has gone out of dating. That's mostly what they mean.
1: I think that's right. I think I think, I think think now that dating apps are more, it's more useful to see them as a subset of social media. I think it's more useful to see Tinder as a subset of Instagram than it is to see it as a, a technology that's trying to connect people. Um, and I, honestly, this is a little tongue in cheek, but I kind of think Instagram is the best quote unquote best dating app out there Um, because at least you know you know you have a pretty good chance of knowing if someone's actually married right Um,
0: right (laughs) but like (laughs) peek into their life it's a little harder like sliding into someone's dms can be a little harder but
1: not much honestly I don't know I I think but I I guess what I that's sort of a cheeky way to look at it but like uh, you know I I think dating apps now the gamified dating apps which is basically all of them um, you know they are they're they're sort of designed to make you feel good when you match, right? When you look at the app on your phone, the number in the corner is the number of people who like you. Um, it's not a number that says there's a person that you're 99% compatible with, which I think OkCupid uh, tried doing, but I don't think that many people use Cupid anymore. Um, but you know, they, in the design, in the execution, in the financial incentives, I think these apps are aimed at uh, getting you to churn through people. They're really not looking at uh, uh, matching you with a person with whom you're going to have I love the way you say a delicious connection you know
0: well, let's um, then, let's, yeah. let's, I also want to honor the pros of this too because I think totally it can be like we're on, we're 10 years in and we're jaded and we're like but <laughs> I also think you know what sucked it sucked being stuck in a dating pool of like 45 people it yep. sucked we're like the only people you could date we're like some friends of friends or maybe your colleagues, like, like you, there was, I think people were stuck in their social groups for dating. And I think totally. when you're young, maybe you go to college or whatever, like you have all this kind of social fluidity, people flowing in, people flowing out. But if you get a little older, your late twenties, thirties, forties, you know, you're not actually like meeting that many new people anymore. And so the dating pool can seem really depressing and then you go, okay, cool. But then you have these apps that aggregates all the single people, now all the single people do you want to see all the single people no but there, but you go well here's all the single people so there's like there's like it's a yeah. blessing and a curse it's like here's four hundred thousand people you saw through them <laughs> yeah um so maybe like i'm curious what you think what are some of the pros of these systems that have helped us apart from you know the obvious
1: well i mean i think the obvious that you just said is kind of the big game changer right like it lets you connect to people that are outside of your normal social networks and you're absolutely right that is a step in the right direction and something that we you know and i try to remember to be grateful for right and
0: and Um, i think that's like yeah like 40 percent of relationships now are as a result of like online matches like to a degree they are working like i want to honor the fact that like even though there's a lot of bad stories you know there are like a lot of people do meet partners on them too
1: yeah. And honestly, that number is probably higher now that the info I've seen is that that was back in 2017, which is before the pandemic. And it's it, it was on a sharp uh, increase. Like it was really on its way up. And that was before we all got stuck at home for two years with nothing to do, but look at our phones. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, the, the way I see it is that like, I think we're going through an evolution. I think right now, you know, the, the companies have figured out how to make it very profitable to make these apps work. Um, and, you know, it's it's not a government service it's not a it's not a a charity like organizations need to figure out how to do this uh and and turn a profit it's a business right um but i think they've really prioritized uh profit uh and that has meant i think less priority on making it an awesome experience really helping people connect to uh people they're going to be compatible with right so i think
0: i think over time we'll see more evolution It's done like a casino. I think that's what always kind of strikes me about this. Like, if you want to look at, I mean, there's many different kind of, I guess, correlations between different other industries, but there is this feeling I get on the apps where like both the way, like you said, the way it's designed, the way it's upsold, like it has this kind of gambling feeling to it. And like, they're like five singles have liked your profile, pay $2 to find out who, Like, like it's like this constant, like, oh yeah like being stuck in a weird addictive ad loop and you know it's like even though i'm i think it's great that there is abundance and it connects us i i feel like more and more as they've closed the kind of the profit net on people it i i do feel like it it started to undermine people's capacity to connect because Mm -hmm. let's say you have like a jane and a john and they connect on an app ironically because they connect there they might actually undervalue that connection versus if they had met at a party, for instance, I do think there's something about like, the triviality or the of of this system now that has diluted how much emphasis or weight, or just respect or dignity, we give people we meet on these systems that maybe they would have been Hmm. a great match if they met in person, they could have chatted, but meeting on this platform, they came at it from this kind of like, you know, user a user B feeling, um, which had them miss each other completely.
1: There's, there's so much in there. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So the, the the technical term that I learned recently for this or the psychological term is a, is a ludic loop. There's a this what? thing in psychology. It's called a ludic loop. I think I'm saying that right. I don't know. We'll have to fact check me later. But there's this thing that we do and it's it's absolutely gambling. This is what casinos want you to do. Because when you pull the crank on a slot machine, it's not the winning that fires off that the happy chemicals in your brain—it's the pulling of the of the lever. So you get the positive feedback even when you swipe, even when you feel the possibility of a match. Your brain gets the message that like, oh, we should do this more. We should do this more. Which means when you've got the person A, person B matching, it's this weird catch twenty two where I know that I met someone on Hinge, but I know that because they're on there, they are probably just as addicted to this to this system as I am, pulling that lever. Yeah, and for me, like. Even if I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to get off this like dating app, merry-go-round. This might be the person I'm going to, I want to have the convo with them and say, Hey, listen, actually you introduced me to this. Listen, I think you're really great. Um, Let's just be sort of exclusive. Let's just be exclusive for like a month and check in in a month or two months. And let's just give this a shot. Let's give this room to breathe. Let's really water this to see what grows. If I'm feeling ready to have that conversation, there's always the fear in my mind that I know she's got another a thousand people swiping on her and, and she's feeling that impulse to go back in there and swipe on that app because it is addictive. You know, I know that she's feeling that because I feel that. And so it's kind of a catch 22 where like it is, it's just hard to get off that merry-go-round, you know, it's a, it's a churn.
0: Ludic loop. And you know, it's, you know, it's like marry that with the other thing that casinos do, which is intermittent reinforcement, right? Where this is the most addictive thing where like you don't like you don't want to win every time that's actually not that addictive you want to win randomly like you want yeah. them to win once then after five times then twice and three times and, and so does the apps do it too so you're swiping and then you're periodically matching with people and so you're you're creating this like intermittent reinforcement like but it's it's interesting what you're saying about like this how difficult it can make to transition into say a more committed exploration. This is again like i think so many people are struggling with this they're finding themselves even if they're getting a lot of dates even if they're dating great people the difficulty from moving from that into something more like more deep more committed for this exact reason of like i do think the apps promote the psychology of it's about finding the right person and there might be someone better around the corner and there might be someone better around the corner and it's really just about the finding the right person and if you just keep swiping, you'll find the right person. And maybe this one's good, but maybe she's better like that, that that kind of um, treadmill. First of all, like just it's addictive, but it takes away, I think a really important dimension to love, which is that a big part of what makes a relationship work is a person's choice and commitment to their relationship. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And when we're in this kind of uh, kind of model that it's not about showing up and making a relationship work, it's simply about finding the correct person. I think it dramatically undermines people's ability to come together and choose and commit to and create a relationship that works right yeah and it's like a and i wonder like would there be a way for the systems as they are like i wonder if there's like any way that they could build i guess with their profit model, they can't really build anything in like that because it'll just undermine how they make money i'm like huh
1: so Okay, from from a business perspective, I think there's something to the matchmaker model, right? So this isn't for everybody because it's not, it's certainly not affordable. I mean, it's not cheap. Um, but if you're if you can uh, hire a matchmaker, and there there are various price points for this, but like usually what happens is you find a matchmaker and you sign a contract with them, and they say for the next six months I'm going to find you dates, and you there's an upfront fee, you pay whatever the fee is upfront that matchmaker is going to work for you for six months, nine months, whatever the length of the contract is. From a business perspective, they want to find you someone amazing as quickly as possible. Because if they find you someone in month two, you're going to write back and say, actually, this lady's amazing. We're going to date for a while. We're going to give this a go. Um, I'll reach out to you if, if I'm ready for another date, but right now I think I found the right person. They want to do that as quickly as possible, right? They want to, they want to succeed for you because that's going to free up their time to do it some more, right? The apps are the other way. The apps, the apps, you know, I, I think it's, I don't think it's correct to say that the apps are like engineered to keep you single, but they're certainly aimed at keeping users using the app, looking at ads, paying for boosts, that kind of thing. That's how they that's how they increase their profit margin, right? Um, so, you know, as we're talking about like how does technology um, uh, help us, right? Like how does how does how do we how can technology solve this problem in a better way that sort of is more humane for the people involved, right? Um, I think, um, yeah, I I think I think I a, a, I don't know what exactly what the business side of it looks like, but like something that where the where the platform is designed to have you find those high quality connections in the hopes that you find that person that you're looking for, like whatever model works to incentivize that, right? Um, is I think the way to go.
0: it's funny, cause like- Cause it's
1: hard, right? You, no, this is...
0: I know, it's like, how do you, how do you like, you have to, you have to build that in. Like you have to be very clear about what model of love or matchmaking you're giving. Cause like, I think, you know, the Tinder's, the hinges, all like they go, listen like it's not up to us whether you guys get on or not like we're just here to put you in front of each other our job is to put you in the same room what y'all do from here ain't none of our business like you know they, they kind of say well, mm-hmm. it's up to people to choose and you know they kind of give that story to her with completely ignoring of course as if like their functionality doesn't somehow impact the psychology under how they're meeting like let's say you and i went to a party yeah. and you know, the way I introduce you to somebody is going to significantly prime how you perceive them, how you value them, right? If I say to you, oh my God, Scott, this is this incredible woman, she's coming to the pie tonight, like, you know, I think you and her will really hit it off. Like you guys have a few key things in common. I'm really excited for you to meet her. You're already like, oh, okay, cool. And so when you meet her, like how are you holding it versus like if I just randomly grab this woman and go, Hey, uh, <laughs> this is Jane bye and like leave you alone with her. Right. So it's like, I think there is yeah. like, you can't ignore the context in which people meet, especially romantically. But then we go, if we go to like the both going to the past and the future, you know, with all the AI stuff going on right now, like the idea of algorithms, like matching people to your perfect match. I remember now, like it was, I think it was match and eHarmony when they first started, their whole thing was like, oh, we've found, we're building an algorithm that's going to find you your soulmate. Like, we're going to take all the legwork out we we are going to know what you want. You're going to tell us all these things. We're going to know who you want and we're going to match you, like you said, with a 85%. Like, you know, they have those little percentages of compatibility, right? Yeah. I'm curious, like, I know my opinion about this, but let, let's go with the, his, the history of this. What is it about those systems that you think worked, didn't work? They didn't really stick around very long. So I'm curious what your, what your thoughts yeah. are on those.
1: That's a great question. I think, so I, I think okay, Cupid, which is that that's the platform that I, remember that did like the percentage thing but i I think there were a number of them did that right um i I think i think that was a good stab right because like you know the question is how do you get a computer to figure out if you're compatible with someone else and i think when you frame the question that way the answer is kind of obvious that like that's very 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 difficult human beings we are intensely complicated creatures and like figuring out if two people are going to get along is i mean I, i just don't think that's a that's a maybe i'm not i don't know maybe there are very very smart people in tech who are like actually we're solving that but i'm skeptical i think it's a tough tough problem right so i think to a certain extent it's correct that like you want to just kind of get close and then get in the same room and just like smell each other and look at each other and see how each other moves and like your 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 human brain and heart just kind of do the work from there um i do think we took a step backwards from okay cupid i think I think that like 200 question system to give some rough approximation of your values I think there's some value in that you know um, and I you know I know you've heard of this platform called Levette levette.love um <laughs> where you have the opportunity to to talk a little bit about about sort of what your values are and what you're into and like what you're looking for right and i think the gamified apps don't really ask anyone <clears throat> excuse me don't really ask anyone to take the time to do that because their model is very much get people in as quickly as possible get them in the card stack and get them swiping right for them it's it is a numbers game um so yeah i i think i don't think i don't think the question the 200 question battery percentage thing was like exactly correct or or infallible um but I think I liked that better mm. than the numbers game of, of swiping. I mean, my ex-wife and I were a 99% match. Um, and we, we were wonderful for, for a while and she's a wonderful person and, you know, all that kind of good stuff. We didn't end up working out, but, um, that
0: was the one. Person. And that,
1: you know, that, <laughs> that was the, yeah, maybe, um, but you know, like, like a high percentage match on that kind of of system at least tells me that like a lot of our values are in alignment Wait, right do you
0: know well this is what's really interesting about this because you know i think about this now with ai too right so we go okay wow so maybe with the emergence of ai and its ability to just understand patterns at a more in-depth level like maybe we will be able to have kind of like ai matchmakers that are really effective but what i keep looping on with my experience was that i think what worked really well about those kinds of platforms and the questionnaires wasn't really actually how good the matchmaking necessarily was it was that people had to go through a thoughtful invested process and by spending time yeah. and energy on it their the way that they related on, to each other on that platform it was different we took it more seriously the flaw i think is that like what they were asking about was really just to the head and like in Levette, where like my co-founder she lauren zander she has a system called head heart and hoo-ha you know and the mm. model is like those are three voices you use when you date your head is everything on paper. Your head is the thing that fills out the questionnaire. Yeah, I want someone who X, Y, Z. I want someone who goes to the gym. I want, someone da, da, da. I want someone who's this tall. Like your head has like the description of what it thinks it wants and what it thinks is important. And that is a very important piece because if you don't get what the head needs in two years time, it's gonna be a disaster. If you want kids and she doesn't want kids, that's gonna be an issue in two years time. You know, If you live in different cities, at first it's super romantic, nine months in you're exhausted. So there are certain like there are things that are super important about that, but it's super hard to give a questionnaire on the heart or on the hoo ha. you can in certain ways, but, but like so much of like you could meet someone you think is hot and not be attracted to them. You could be attracted to someone that you're like, oh, like you, you originally don't even think they're that hot, but then there's something about them. There are some things to a, to human attraction mm-hmm. that are just super hard to quantify maybe it's just our unresolved trauma that's our attachment wounding it's like whatever it is but what I notice is that people often say they want x but they date y and so I think with a lot of the matching questionnaires like I'm super curious about if there's a way like to take the best of it I think the best of it is to be is to give people a platform where they are able to be intentional and it kind of primes them into a more kind of like like a small slowed down and, and kind of invested pace to meet people. So you're not just like boom, 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 next, next, next. Um, but one of the things I learned with LaVette, like we started with a crazy questionnaire too. Like we had a, I had questionnaires about like, what is your relationship with your mother and your child? T- like, like really, really comprehensive, <laughs> re- like, like stupid comprehensive. And now it's like eight questions a subject, right? And the reason why was we realized that as we started digging into like, how helpful will this be? we realize that people largely want to choose their own people, they want to feel like the person that they meet, um, didn't come to them necessarily from a raffle or from like an algorithm, but that they were in the right room, they were at the right party, and then the right person appeared in front of them, right? There's still this kind of romance that we're looking for. So maybe we can kind of play it forward a little bit. I, I am curious what your thoughts are on like, whether it's AI or anything else, like how do you think technology? could impact dating in the future
1: that's that's the that's the 64 million (laughs) dollar question i um that's a great question i don't know um you know there's a lot going on in technology right now around artificial intelligence machine learning right um And a lot of the smart people who look at that stuff, who sort of raise ethical flags around it, will tell you that the people who design these systems don't know how they work. In fact, that's the whole point. The whole point of machine learning is that you make something that's super smart, you feed it a bunch of data, and it comes up with like answers and like the really, really smart people who make it work, they, they can't tell you how it made that decision, but you you do it a whole bunch of times, you train it on a bunch of data and it gets better. It gets better at like identifying what in this picture is a cat. It gets better at identifying when this car should hit the brakes or when this car should turn left or when this car should accelerate to get out of danger. Um, and I think maybe, you know, all, all this to say, like, it's, it's hard to, I mean, I don't know, I, I I, I don't see AI or ML getting to the point where it can really talk to us about romance anytime soon. like we're we're really we're all super, super excited that chat GPT can like write the owner's manual to a Datsun in iambic pentameter or whatever it's good at doing, right? like they, all these like sort of predictive chat or pr- these language models and they're fun and they're cool to like see them do funny stuff on on the internet. but like I I. I, I think like the, the sexy allure of, of smart machines, um, I don't I mean to be like super skeptical about it and maybe I'll be wrong, but like, I just don't see them getting that, that really good anytime soon because like, like the work that a matchmaker does, like get, get, getting, getting a machine to be a good matchmaker, right. The work that a human matchmaker does is just so gut level and like, uh, like, like what we call chemistry and a little bit of spirituality and a little bit of theater, right? Like there's a little bit, like when you were saying that I want you to meet this girl at this party, by the way, Mia, I want to go to this party. I'm so excited to meet this woman. you were just like sold me on her. Right. But like there's a, a, the work that a matchmaker does is is a little, is not just finding two people and throwing them in the room together, but it's like also framing how they see each other, like from the get go. As soon as you mention a friend to someone, the, 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 the intonation in your voice, my human brain is so tuned to try and interpret what you're saying when you're looking me in the eyes and when your voice is doing whatever it's doing, like you, my friend, right? I My brain extrapolates and guesses and like does all this crazy stuff, not crazy, complex stuff to like put together an image of who this person is. And I think that has a, an impact on whether or not I might one day see a romantic possibility with that person right and it's just like even when you're making this person up as an example and talking about going to a party like i i like I just the whole process of romance is so intensely complex like that's what i always end up coming back to with this stuff and i i don't see technology and i work in tech you know so i probably shouldn't be saying this but like i i don't see tech like rising to the challenge of doing that well but what if, it, but what soon, if it
0: did because right? this is what's really interesting like one of the big flaws with the like matchmaking or like these big, long onboarding service like surveys that even like matchmakers do is against your conscious mind that's answering it. But just hypothetically, Mm -hmm. imagine there was like, I don't know, in the future, there was like an AI and you said, listen, I really want to meet somebody. I really do want someone who's a great fit for me. So I'm going to install this thing on my phone or my computer, and I'm going to allow it to monitor me everything I do, everything I click on everything I say, for the next
1: mm-hmm.
0: six months. And it's I am gonna allow mm-hmm. it to use that data to compile an understanding of who I really am based on my behavior, not just my conscious mind. And then whoever else is in this program, I can then, you know, knowing, and, and then let's say it's programmed, let's say by good, healthy human psychologists, please, um, mm-hmm. to understand what a good match would look like. Like it has reference points around like a good, healthy relationship needs these things. And then it was able to like match people like that. I I, I like to like kind of play with the possibilities because that's, that would be creepy because listen, the stuff I get targeted with on ads, like it blows me away how uncanny yeah. this stuff is like, it and you know, it's got more yeah. and more complex and more and more like precise over time. And so I do wonder like something that was, seeing behind the scenes of how we behave, I do wonder how that would, it would probably match us with people we don't think we want to be with. <laughs> Cause we're like, probably. I'm not like that. <laughs>
1: I, okay, so first and foremost, as a, as an information security specialist, I have to say like the privacy implications of that approach are massive. <laughs> um, you know, we've already we already trust Mark Zuckerberg with like quite a lot of information. You know, about us and like uh, you know, I, I think in the beginning, Hinge was I think Hinge was a part of Facebook. I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there are there are big, massive internet companies that have just like insane amounts of data on what you and I are into for advertising purposes shouldn't it maybe be possible to take that profile of a human being and be like hey actually this person is also really into like the kind of tv shows that you watch on amazon prime and the kind of ads that you click on on instagram or whatever maybe you should, maybe you'd get along I that's fascinating I I I think maybe the only reason no one's really taken a swing at that is because it's probably not as profitable as getting people to play these gamified gambling Oh,
0: for sure not, dating not apps now. like this would be something like this would be replacing human matchmakers this would be like a big ticket thing someone would do or a service you'd sign up for you know what I mean like I can imagine being part of this like subscription service that but you, know, but you know what's even more interesting is I go gosh like I think now like another piece of this is I mean just examining the presumption that the more things you have in common means you're going to have a better relationship is a very mm-hmm. interesting assumption to to question too, because as we know, like of course, totally. there's similarities, but there's also things like having enough dynamic tension in a relationship and enough differences, right? Yeah. So, I I'm super curious to see like if 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 um anybody takes it on. My suspicion will be whoever takes it on first will make the mistake of like going for very very surface level compatibility versus really. Mm-hmm looking at the correct psychological research on what makes a relationship work or what brings people together and trying to build something that actually um facilitates that but we'll see at least this is recorded so Scott you and I can come back to this in like 10 years and be like let's see <laughs> <laughs> yeah when our ai overlords are ruling us
1: right yeah yeah i mean that, you know that's that's really exciting stuff and that and that's like where you know Advancements in human psychology and advancements in tech are going to one day overlap. I don't think we're there yet. Um, obviously, um,
0: what's say like like a a two year prediction for the direction of dating? I'm curious. Like, I know people are there's like some people who are like in resistance to the systems and are and like jumping off them, but I think obviously more millions and millions just onboarding. Like, where do you think digital dating is going to go in the next two three years?
1: Two to three years. Um, I think, so I think we're in the wake of a pandemic. And I think the pandemic um, kind of applied pressure to a lot of relationships that, you know, in broad strokes, I think there are a lot of relationships that were tested by the pandemic and came out stronger. And I think there's a lot more single people out there because of the pandemic. Like you found out, you put pressure on a relationship and you found out that was the right person for you. So I think we're still gonna be sort of dealing with the aftermath of that for the next two to three years, and that I think what that means is more people hopping on hinge um and bumble and tinder um i i I kind of think we're gonna keep going the direction we're going um for for better and for worse um because I think the trends that make i th- I, th- I think <laughs> I think the pandemic made us all a little rusty at meeting people in the real world. I think the dating apps sort of incentivize us to look at our phones for connection as opposed to across the room. Um, and I think uh, I think it's going to take kind of a big thing for us to turn around on that and, and try and find ways to connect in a more human to human way. Um, sadly, that's my prediction is we're going to have more of the same.
0: Well, I I hear you on that. I think I think that is I think you're right. I don't think people are going to go back from using technology to connect. It's just it's too like again between like ah I can find people I would never meet in real life. To it's a little bit easier to start a conversation. Like there's just so many pros that would keep us in those systems. But let's see. I think you know Livette, but I think there's a bunch of other systems too who are developing and in response to I think the real challenges and disappointments of AI of apps so i i feel hopeful that maybe maybe we'll keep going the same direction but in a we'll take like a more positive kind of offshoot for some of us
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's why i love talking to you about this stuff because yeah, you no, thank, have thank, so much thank optimism you so much for it. jumping
0: on and just kind of having this um, wonderful open-ended conversation um and if you are listening to this and you're curious about dating and technology you know make sure you check out the show notes below and if you are single come join us at levette we are like Scott mentioned this is my company and we are building an alternative model which is really video first it's a it's a members only community for for singles who want quality human connection so you're welcome to come check that out again oh yep yeah.
1: you know what i will say one thing about that i'll say as you're talking about levette Okay. Next two years, I bet it's going to be more video because something that Levette does really well that I wanted to talk about is that your profile is you talking to a camera about what you value. It opens up with your three little words. I forget what mine mine are, probably Dungeons, Dragons, and something else. But you know, just seeing someone talk, even if it's on video, just seeing the way someone makes words, seeing the look in their eye as they're thinking of something, I think you learn so much more about someone doing that and I think in social media the trend is TikTok. TikTok Unreal. is the platform that is Unreal, like reels
0: right like catapulting video now
1: yeah and I think I think that's probably the direction if I had to guess in two or three years getting apps will go I, more I, in, a, in the I, direction and of video and I, I mean, and I mean, I mean, That ex- already there it
0: actually does excite me like what we learned with Levet is that you know as well as it just being more engaging and more interesting to watch people on video which is why the social media is going that way I think we're actually more generous to each other when we watch on video the people that we swipe past on a picture were more generous to on a video because someone who might just be like oh just like normal looking can catch your eye in the word they choose the way they smile like the dynamism of seeing it like you said a person's actual movement or energy and you just make a more accurate assessment so i hear here to video video first dating
1: <laughs> yeah
0: oh, Scott, thanks yeah. again so much yeah. for having this conversation um, and i look forward to part three sometime in the future
1: I'm so down. I always enjoy these talks. Thank you so much.